Montreal's lost four in a row. How great is that? Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass, our first episode of 2020, but same podcast, same host. I'm your host, KJ, joined by the 2020 version of Zach Mack. How are you doing today, bud? I'm good, man. A little older than the 2019 version of Zach Mack, but I am doing all right. I'm okay with it. Hey, did you know that my favorite player in each division made the All-Star game? I did not know that. I actually, if I sat down and thought about it, I could maybe, but I don't know off the top of my head who your favorite player in every division is. Well, I'll make it easy for you. It's Austin Matthews, Ovi, who's not playing, Patrick Kane, and Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay. Matthews and Kane I would have got right away. Ovi's playing? No, he's not going to play. Oh, no. But he did make it as a captain. Oh. I thought you said he is playing now, but okay. Oh, no. I I wish. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. Interesting all star choice. I mean, does every, is it still every, every player gets a, or every team gets a player? Yeah. I mean, at least team points and goals, I think. I think I saw a quote that said Tyler, like Tyler Bertuzzi said, if someone from every team didn't have to make it, I I probably wouldn't have made it. Props for your self-awareness. Yeah, way to be honest. Uh, and then your boy Dylan Larkin told everyone not to vote for him because he wanted the rest. Yeah, I did see he's that. In, he's in the last man in competition yeah. or whatever. And was giving him a pat on the back. Like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. You know, get some rest. And We all know you just don't really deserve it. Come on. There's really no one. There's no All-Stars that I'm like, really? Like, it sucks. That, I mean, Gensel's out four to six weeks. Uh, with the shoulder, with after shoulder surgery, uh, he's on the Metro roster. I mean, Travis Konechny is having a good year for the Flyers. Uh, I've heard up and down at work since these rosters came out that Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier should also be in, which just goes to show you that the Flyers know nothing about the league they play in. <laughs> they think that's possible. Uh, and good for St. Louis, O'Reilly, Petrangelo, Bennington. I mean, obviously, it's in St. Louis, so there's always going to be. Yeah, I feel like that's always the, the case. highest concentration. Yeah. Except for the year it was, it was in Tampa. I think all the all seventeen bolts that were all stars that year would have made the team no matter where it was. <laughs> it was yeah. In Anthony Duclair. I was gonna say. I was, I was waiting for you to bring the, him up. He got he got the puck puck pass uh, bump. And we're happy. Dude, literally everyone that's been the subject of discussion for us made the All-Star game. Huberto, Eichel, Matthews, DeClaire, Tuca. I'm just looking for other examples. John hey, I, Carlson. I mean, yeah, speaking of subject of discussion, Dougie Hamilton. Ooh, yeah, let's do that. That was ugly. He, uh, For those that didn't see it, last, last night, uh, ca- Capitals, Canes, Dougie Hamilton just punched TJ Oshie in the back of the head. <laughs> I love the way you explain that. It's, uh, and I know we're going to get to Corey Perry in the Winter Classic in a little bit and and stuff like that in hockey happens because it's just a fast-paced game. But what Dougie Hamilton did predates like puberty for for people. Like that's what that's just not what you just don't do that. Like that's the do to your little brother because he shoved you into the coffee I table. Just about, I was just about to say. It's like when you, you your little brother's mad at you for something you did, and he's like trying. To, I mean, granted, Dougie Hamilton's a grown man, and this obviously hurt because Oshie went like face down on the ice, but it really looked like he was just trying to take a swing at him because he he was throwing a fit. Yeah, it's just like and and I he kind of Oshie kind of comes at Dougie Hamilton from the back a little bit, but it's not vicious and it's not aggressive and it, no, I, I just. I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny what Dougie Hamilton did, but just my reaction was to laugh. Just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, it, that's why I that's why I tweeted it at you because I was like, oh, he's gonna love this. Like, I don't know why, but <laughs> I didn't see I it until you tweeted it at me either. I looked it up right after you tweeted it. I uh, 
it's funny because Dougie Hamilton, you know, Bruins fans still think he's soft from when he played there. And it, it's so weird. Dougie Hamilton is like the weirdest case of an NHL defenseman because he's been moved from teams for not fitting culture for like party reasons and then also boring reasons. Like he was going uh, he in Calgary, he was going to like museums and, and stuff by himself. And like no one wanted to hang out with <laughs> with Dougie Hamilton and do stuff that Dougie Hamilton wanted to do. So he like didn't fit the culture, and no one really like knew anything about him. So that's why he was involved in that trade. That is hilarious. Yeah, yeah it was kind of sad, but he was like, I mean, if you're gonna be a weird guy, I guess the NHL is the place to be. It. Yeah, I guess. I guess if I'm in Calgary and I want to see any cool aquariums, I know who to contact. Aquarium, <laughs> yeah. Careful though. He uh, apparently is head hunt, head hunting. <laughs> but that is, uh, I mean, that's for sure probably going to be a playoff series. So if these teams start, I mean, Caps Canes isn't a terrible rivalry for the NHL, I guess. No, I mean if they if they really start to hate each other, they'll meet in the playoffs a lot, being in the same division. They're both. I mean, Washington's obviously a little bit. Better as far as just all around skill, but Carolina's got really good young players. And if they, I mean, Carolina just needs to stop punching Washington between Svechnikov and Dougie Hamilton. Nothing good is going to come of it. Yeah, it's and maybe maybe they're trying to create that rivalry with with Washington. I don't know. That's a good point, but that they have very two different styles of play. I mean, you know, Washington's very blitzkrieg with uh, offense, and Carolina's very methodical. So. If that does, be, I think that'd be an interesting rivalry. Yeah, I think, I think anything like that in the East that isn't Boston versus everybody, mm-hmm. or, or like Washington Philly. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, as great as Washington Pittsburgh is, I, I don't know. I wanted to say that more people are tuning in for like Connor versus good teams, but I, I don't, I still don't think that's true, just because it's a Canadian team, like I. I was going to say, yeah, the Canadians would agree with you, I think. Yeah, well, for sure. Is Washington-Pittsburgh the best rivalry we have right now? I mean, I I love Knights Sharks, but the Sharks obviously aren't good enough to really, like, yeah, be in that best rivalry. Yeah. Like Ohio State-Michigan, like, one team's just dominating. You might be right. I mean, Boston-Toronto, maybe, but... Yeah, I just think Toronto's lack of success against Boston hurts. Yeah, them. yeah, I would agree. So I, I might give the edge to Washington Pittsburgh right now, but I think you know as Ovi and Crosby get older, that'll fade away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Um, well, we talked about. Oh, would you suspend Dougie Hamilton one game, two games? <laughs> oh man, I, I would. Yeah, who knows what the Department of Player Safety is going to do? Yeah. Um, two thousand dollar fine. <laughs> But he's an all-star. Go watch. So that's how. Yeah, he is an all-star. Go uh, go watch the video. Just honestly, just search Dougie Hamilton on Twitter, and you'll find the video. Uh, so we talked about that. Let's just jump right into Corey Perry, and then we'll talk Winter Classic. Corey Perry. I mean, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, it sucks, too, because it's such a – like that's a game you want to play in the whole for the whole game. Like, yeah. if there's you, any- you just watch the video. Describe it for the listeners. I mean, he's – the puck's at the point. Ryan Ellis, right? Yeah, it's Ryan Ellis. Yes. Um, let's go of a shot. Perry kind of gives him a "quote unquote" drive by, and his elbow makes contact with his head. Drops Ryan Ellis immediately. They kick Corey Perry out. You could go watch the video. It's not gruesome or anything. I mean, it won't make you cringe, but it's one of those things where I thought it was just. I I don't think that Perry meant to do it. Um, oh, see, I totally do. I yeah. think he sticks his wing out and kind of. Catches him on. I do think he sticks his elbow out, and but I think I think he's just trying to make contact with him. I don't know that he's necessarily targeting his head, and I could be wrong. Corey Perry could just be sneaky, and I'm none the wiser. But um, I think it deserved the ejection. I just don't know. I'm not convinced that he meant to do it. Do you? Do I mean? Do Red Wings fans still hate Corey Perry? There was a, there was a time growing up that. I, I don't think the Red Wings hated, outside of Claude Lemieux, who wasn't in the league anymore, I don't think I heard as much hate towards anyone as much as Corey Perry from the Red Wings fans. I, I have always hated Corey Perry. I've kind of, him and Getzlev, 
Just I've just never. Wow. I I can't speak for all of Red Wings fans. I don't. Yeah. Uh, we suck. So. <laughs> I don't. So the opinion doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> you, doesn't matter who we there. hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I hate that play. I mean, obviously, I know you're not advocating it. I, I maybe watching it live, and I know the replay is still at full speed. I maybe watching it live, and just knowing that Corey Perry is trying to. I mean, this is early in the game, and Corey Perry maybe trying to send a message. And and like you said before the show, he's a repeat offender, which I didn't take into account. So he's he's very much capable. Yeah. So yeah. So early on in the Winter Classic, Corey Perry. Gets ejected, takes the longest walk of shame in hockey history, which was great. Uh, and then it, it's a pretty physical period for the rest of that time. Uh, Nashville jumped out to a lead. I don't have the box score in front of me, but Dallas won the Winter Classic. Yeah, I got it. Uh, they they came back to win. I think they were down two nothing and came back to win like four two five two. Yeah, it's two nothing at the end of one, um, and they did win four to two. So. Here's my – I think it was a good winter classic. I think aesthetic, it was aesthetically pleasing. There was a huge crowd. Uh, there wasn't – I kind of was noticing on the broadcast just the lack of Jeremy Roenick. I think that was – I think that was like the only thing that threw me off about the winter, which he should be suspended. And we haven't talked about that, but Jeremy Roenick crossed the line. Is, is that still indefinite? Well, they haven't put a timetable on that yet, have they? I don't think they put a timetable on it. If 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 you live under a rock, Jamie Roenick joked about having a threesome with his wife and Catherine Tappan of NH, of NBC. Just he made a bunch of inappropriate comments, and I still can't believe in 2020. Well, this happened in 2019, but people didn't see a problem. It just blows my mind. But yeah. And it's real quick on that. I I know people yeah. are talking about like, um, you know, all the scrutiny that yeah NHL folks have been under with coaches and Bill Peters and, and stuff like that. And I just want to let people know that this doesn't make like like Babcock Peters like those guys are shitty people. Like this doesn't make Ronick a shitty person. Tapping is his no. friend. He's talking. He just that's just not a line you cross professionally. You just yeah, can't, you can't sit and keep your job. Is all it is. Yeah, and it looks like he's going to keep his job. Catherine Tappen, while seemingly upset, it does seem like they have the friendship where they can get by this. And if he says this to Catherine Tappen, like behind closed doors, maybe it's a different story. Maybe they have a laugh. We don't. I don't know the relationship they have between each other. But as far as the Winter Classic was concerned, it was obvious that Jeremy Roenick wasn't there, but the coverage actually wasn't bad. But I don't know how many of you out there will remember the Austin Watson story about how he beat up his girlfriend or wife, and he's just he's total he's a total dirtbag. You know who NBC chose to interview after the first period? Oh God, I'm gonna guess Austin Watson. Austin fucking Watson. Like, what do you? What, what are you doing? Don't put these guys on the forefront. Like he had a big hit in the first period. And that's why Pierre was like eager to interview him. Granted, nobody else on either of those teams probably want to talk to Pierre. But I mean, short of Ryan Ellis, Corey Perry leaving the ice, you've got Ben Bishop, Pecorine, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben. I mean, so many players. To interview and you choose the one guy who beats up women. It it just it's another NBC thing where I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. God. Other than that, I like the Winter Classic. To be completely honest, I thought it was one of the better ones. Yeah, I heard it was like the second largest uh, crowd for an NHL game in history. Yeah, just shy. Just well, not just shy. It was still like twenty thousand shy. But uh, the Big House is the only one. Uh, Red Wings Maple Leafs is. Uh, the biggest one in apparently it was the most like tickets purchased by the opposing team. But I have a tough time believing that since Toronto and the Red Wings played at University of Michigan, like we were just yeah, talking about at the point. I feel like that was almost 50 50. 
and that would be 50,000 Toronto fans. And I, I mean, I looked over that, that stadium. It might've been more Toronto fans than Red Wings fans. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder if they were talking about like straight up numbers or percentage or, or what, but yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was percentage, but even then it just didn't seem, but it was good. And in a winter classic, we'll work in the South. We made that. So let's get Tampa and someone else at Bristol international speedway. You get a ton of stands or ton of fans in the stands. I think they could do that, but Where's it Bridgestone National Arena for those people who don't know, including me? Brit- or- not, not Bridgestone. Bristol International. Oh, Br- oh Bristol. Bridgestone. Yeah, Bridgestone. I might have said Bridgestone. Bridgestone, Nashville. I need to add it. I need to just yeah. This, but- uh, Bristol International Speedway. Which okay. I just can't hear. I think it's in Tennessee. I think that's in Tennessee. But either way, it'd be, <clears throat> it'd be really cool. And you could get two Southern teams. And maybe Carolina, Tampa. But next year, it's going to be in Minnesota. I'd assume it's going to be Minnesota, Chicago. Yeah. I don't know how annoying that is to people. Seems like a lot of people's. But, that, I mean, there hasn't been a Minnesota-Chicago Winter Classic yet, correct? There is not. Yeah, so, there hasn't been a Minnesota Winter Classic at all. I mean, it's it's inevitable. We might as well, you know, we might as well play it because we're going to play it eventually. And the only other matchup I could see is Minnesota-Colorado, I think. Yeah, Minnesota-Colorado or Minnesota-St. Louis. Those are the only yep. two. I mean, I don't think it'd be a, to- a, a bad idea. I mean, it, it sucks that it'd be two years in a row because I don't think they'll do it that way. But Minnesota-Dallas would have been awesome since Dallas is the old – like Dallas was the North Stars before they were in Dallas. Mm, yeah. So, but, I mean, if you're going to put Minnesota in a winter classic, I know people are going to disagree with this, but you need Chicago right now. Chicago still has – the best attendance ratings from percentages to pure numbers. Every single, I mean, I think it's been like the last four years. They've been one top two and they haven't been two very often. I, I know people think NBC has bias against Chicago or toward Chicago, even though Chicago is six points out of a playoff spot. <laughs> it's just, I think you need, I think you need Chicago in a winter classic like that. Yeah, you know, people are going to respond to you and say, well, you don't need Chicago. What are you talking about? Okay, you're just, those people just aren't being realistic. Like, let's just, Chicago fans love their team. Minnesota's the land of hockey. They're close in proximity. I just, it it makes sense. I don't. And it's because it's a Western team. It's not like, like if it was an Eastern team, Boston, Toronto, Washington, Pittsburgh, like those are teams you need for those games. But in the West, I mean, St. Louis has some attention now because they're reigning cup champs, but by next season, they're not going to be. And if it's an Eastern conference team, as far as reigning uh, champions, then it's gotta be Chicago. Mm -hmm. I agree. Let's hope it's Chicago. That'd be fun. (laughs) I won't sit here and try and convince anyone it'll be a good game, though, if that's the case. Let's, uh, okay, that was rude. <laughs> let's convince people that the Habs are terrible. Oh, God. It won't, it won't take much convincing, but, dude, these guys suck, and they just signed Kovalchuk, so I hate them even more. Uh, Montreal is five points ahead of Buffalo, or Ottawa, uh, six points ahead of New Jersey, and 19 points ahead of Detroit, which sounds like a lot. But Detroit only has 23 points. <laughs> They're seven points out of the second wild card. Uh, eight, six points out of their division. But Tampa's 7-2-1 and one over their t- last 10. Toronto's 8-1-1 one, and one over their last 10. So, goodbye the rest of the Atlantic. Yeah, and you mentioned they signed Kovalchuk. This is the best thing that could have happened for Carey Price as far as he is concerned with Puck Puck Pass because when it comes to the Habs, that is exactly where my target is, is Carey Price. And now it's Kovalchuk because this is for the rest of the season. It's a two-way contract, but we sat here and we talked about how stupid, how silly it would be to give this man another chance in the NHL because he's just going to blow it. And now I guess it's time to Wait and see if he does, but I don't see where this deal makes any sense for either side. 
I just don't. I think it makes sense for Kovalchuk because it's going to be one of the smallest. He's playing for a historic organization, and he still won't have a lot of eyes on him as far as the totality of NHL fans. He'll have a lot of eyes on him because he's playing in Montreal in Canada will be watching. But in somehow I saw I think it was McIndoe tweeted about how like Russian players come back and re- revive their careers in Montreal. Probably not in the current setting that is Montreal <laughs> hockey. But he wa- he probably wanted to go to a, a franchise that meant something to the league. And but if he goes to Boston, Toronto, Washington, St. Louis, I mean, even even Vegas, since they're, you know, a good team, or even Edmonton. Like, there's eyes on those teams no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I don't think NHL fans care enough about Montreal to keep an eye on Kovalchuk. Because he's going to suck. Like, he knows that. <laughs> so he's just like, oh, where can I... Where can I suck and not be put on blast on social media every single day? And it's going to be in Montreal. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, I guess um, I'm reading as of three hours ago, he's having visa issues, I guess, getting into Canada. So he won't be in the lineup for tonight's game against the Penguins. How is that possible? How does an NHL player – so I've never understood anybody – Like the NBA and NHL – and I guess MLB with the Blue Jays, but like, how is that ever an issue? At the beginning of the season, you know you're going to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's like a, maybe it's a, well, the visa coming into play, so he's got to work in Canada. Maybe it's different. I don't know. And he worked for the NHL. That's yeah, the only thing that care. matters in Canada. I don't care. <laughs> like, I feel like it'd be easier to get in the, into the embassy with an NHL badge than like actual paperwork. Maybe they're ramping things up with how uh, heated the U.S. is getting. They don't want people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of dropping bombs, uh, or Corey Perry, <laughs> Sidney Crosby is gonna be back in the lineup soon for the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have moved into a tie for second in the Metro with the Islanders. Are you ready to admit that the Penguins have a good chance at the Cup? Absolutely. This is exactly what we previewed a couple episodes before the end of 2019. And <clears throat> we said Crosby was going to come back. And where are the Penguins going to stand when he does? And this is the exact spot we had them. We were like, if they can get here, when Crosby gets back, they're going to be dangerous. Yes, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll jump at the Islanders at this point. I don't think they'll necessarily catch the Capitals, but I think they're a two-seed in the Metro at the end of the year, no doubt. Boston has the best goal differential as far as playoff teams in the East with uh, plus 32. Pittsburgh Penguins are plus 31. And that's six more than the Capitals. It looks pretty – and we can do – we were talking about midway point stuff, so we can do that now. And just uh, just looking around the league, I mean, the Pacific is wild. Vegas, Arizona, Vancouver. Uh, the Central is kind of shaping up how we thought – the the thing for me, and I mentioned it a second ago, is Boston, Toronto, and Tampa seem to have found their footing. And could be the result of everyone but Florida being terrible in that division. But in Toronto's, like I said, 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. Sheldon Keefe has just absolutely revitalized his team. Austin Matthews is only three goals out of first place for the Richard. And there's the midway point is exactly what we expected yet at the beginning of the season, but not at all what I expected three weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a lot of shakeup. I like what you mentioned about the Toronto Maple Leafs because it just further enforces the fact that Babcock was not the coach for that team, which warms my heart. And you're right, Tampa up there, Florida's only a point behind them. Ah. But you, I mean, you talked about it earlier before we recorded. The East is looking a tad weaker than the West, as far as you're concerned. Do you, I mean, are you, as far as when the playoff race heats up towards the second half of the season, where, what's your, what's your wild card? Are you looking for, like, because we talked about Toronto, Tampa find their footing and they have now, they're up there. 
I mean, does Philly does Philly have a shot? Does I really don't think they do. In I don't think I mean Columbus Columbus being three points out of a playoff spot and seven oh and three in their last ten is odd to me. I still think Florida is the team to take that second wild card in the East. I'm bummed about Buffalo falling off how they have. I just the Flyers lose so many games that they should win. And they're gonna have so many must win games down the stretch that I just I don't see them being able to pull it off. And honestly, when it comes to the East, the only two teams that matter to me right now, <clears throat> and I'm going to get shredded, Washington and Toronto. I think the East will go how they go because if they if they're going into the playoffs hot, you know, whether they've won, I don't I don't think Toronto's going to play at an, you know, 120 point pace or whatever they've been playing over the last couple weeks for the rest of the season. But if Toronto and Washington are hot, that's probably your Eastern conference final. If they're not, then I don't know who to to pick to come out of the East. Honestly, the Islanders, we saw what their defense can do to a team in the playoffs. (coughs) Pittsburgh's been unbelievable without Sidney Crosby and they'll be without Gensel for four to six weeks, but seemingly healthy going into the playoffs. I I gotta say Florida. Florida is my second wild card. Carolina keeps the first wild card. I like that. I think I would tend to agree with you too. I the Sabers have been so inconsistent that it's hard to convince me that they would squeak up into a playoff spot. But I like the more you're talking about Capitals Leafs. I like that Eastern Conference championship, um, or Eastern Conference final. And especially with the way that the playoffs went last year, we deserve something like that, honestly. But in the West, I mean, you've got the Flames are right on the edge and the Oilers are falling off. Absolutely blowing it, which is the Edmonton Oilers. And the Wild are only four spots out, which is weird to me because they're ahead of the Predators and the Sharks, who we never thought. Those two teams, I don't think we would have put below the Wild at the beginning of the year. No. I don't think I had too many teams below the wild, actually. Now that I think of it, I don't think I did either. I mean, if we're going to talk about four points out, we should talk about five points out. (laughs) Don't let this Blackhawks team into the playoffs because Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves can win. But Calgary's going to get the second wild card, I think. Here's the thing, too, about the Blackhawks is it's not far-fetched. I mean, the Blues did it last year, and they were – Far further out than the Blackhawks are now. Unfortunately, I think Baruby might be better than Carlton as a coach. But Patrick Kane's been unbelievable. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know I was just talking about him as my, you know, player of the decade, favorite player. He has 53 points. And if if you looked at the scores of Blackhawks games, you wouldn't know where they're coming from. He's got 24 goals, 29 assists. And, I mean, you talk about doing it all for a team. I'm not making the Hart Trophy case because he's obviously not valuable enough to get them into a playoff spot at this point. But man, is he been good. And nobody's talking about him. Yeah. But, uh, other than uh, you. I mean, uh, I, other than me. But, there have been, yeah, in Chicago media, I, I actually didn't – I knew he was playing well. I didn't realize – dude, he's been – and I'm not just talking shit. He's been the best – fantasy player since our trade. I would McKinnon believe that. Kane. He's been unbelievable. He literally won me two matchups with a hat trick. I've, I've lost a couple of matchups that I... <sighs> Talk about Edmonton. Just do it. Oh, man. I got You these... just said it was the Edmonton way, and I don't believe that. I'm sitting here staring at... I re- reorganized my studio room, and I'm sitting staring at two Oilers jerseys hanging up in front of me. And I love it. I do love it. But the way they're playing is, I don't know why. It, it, it's so hard to put this into words because I have so many thoughts. A, I don't know why I ever committed to this team. B, are you are you speaking for Connor McDavid or yourself? <laughs> I probably everybody. Uh, probably the coach even. I, Ken Holland. I don't know. This. They're fun to watch. That when 
when they're clicking, they're fun to watch, but they lately have can't be clicking for all 60 minutes. And you gave me shit on Twitter the other day for I was I think it was towards the Red Wings, but the teams I'm giving attention to. And honestly, it is frustrating. It is I I go, I lay my head down on the pillow every night and I'm like, why did I watch the teams I watched today? There's so much good hockey on that I'm just choosing not to watch because I want to see McDavid and I want to see the Red Wings try to pull something out. And they just, they never fucking can. Yeah. And what's crazy to me is Matthew or Matthews, McDavid and Dreisaitl are still playing north of 22 minutes a night, which isn't crazy for forwards. Uh, I mean, if DJ Smith was their coach, they might play 36 minutes a night since that's his favorite thing to do to young players. But, I mean, Oscar Clefbaum is playing 27 minutes a night. I just, I, th- it was a lot. I mean, that's a lot of production and obviously value in time on the ice. And they're going to exhaust, these, these kids are probably already exhausted. Yeah, they're already showing it. I mean, there's, I mean, 64 points in 43 games for McDavid, 63 and 43 for Drysidal. They've, I mean, they're both playing at almost one and a half points per game. And it's not going to matter. I really don't think it's going to matter. They're, this this team is going to fall apart yeah. more and more as, as weeks go on. I mean, you, you can see it on the ice. I think, I don't know if I talked to you about it, but I want to say it was right before Christmas break. I They were on, they were on TV and I was just watching. I was like, oh my God, like what? They just look slow. A team with Connor McDavid looks slow. I just don't know how they exhausted themselves this quickly and thought it would work. Yeah, it's, I've quickly realized it. I mean, it's having two guys in the top two for points in the league is fun and dandy when you're winning games. But when you're not winning games, yeah, you're right. You start, you're just like, it's not fun anymore. It's I, I don't know who needs to hear this in the Oilers organization, but... You can't, you just can't win a game. Or, I mean, sorry, you can't win games on games with guys amassing as much ice time as you talked about. It's not like it, it's almost the opposite of what Babcock was doing to the Leafs. Yeah. Where he's just like cutting off his, like, these guys that can facilitate the play for him on offense. And he's just like, hey, I, 18 minutes and that's all you get and now here we've got the other end of the spectrum where what do you say cleft bombs playing 50 minutes a night i don't know it's just <laughs> stupid man. I don't... yeah I, the most shocking thing to me and we're talking about midway point stats and everything Connor mcdavid and leon dries uh 1.49 and 1.47 points per game respectively you would think that's like Far and away the best in the league. Nathan McKinnon has 1.51 points per game. Just more and more. I mean, he's definitely the midway point MVP. I get that Connor has two more points. He's also minus six, which doesn't matter. Uh, He's taken more penalties. McKinnon has more even strength goals, more even strength points. On one more game-winning goal, if that matters, I, I know you love Nathan McKinnon. I'm not trying to blow smoke. He's probably quietly the best player in the league as we speak. He, yeah, he might be and all-around player. I, you'll never convince me that Connor McDavid plays defense, but Nathan McKinnon from end to end has been the best player so far. Yeah, and I, I don't think that you could get until McKinnon. Either wins a cup or <coughs> plays a full season. I don't think you can get the mass public to admit that, but I think you might be right. I and it's, I mean, McDavid is, for all intents and purposes, everyone's name is best player in the league right now because of the hype that he had surrounding him and how he was able to live up to the hike, hype. I mean, him and Eichel went one and two, and they played each other the other night, and I saw the stats right up next to each other. He's got like a hundred more points than Eichel, and it's not like they've been in the league for 10 years. 100 is is a pretty big gap. 
So like 20 points a season. Yeah. So living up to and McKinnon kind of came in quiet. Like he wasn't he busted onto the scene, yeah, but I don't think anyone coming like McKinnon coming out was like, wow, yeah, keep your eyes on this kid. You know, that wasn't the whisper around the NHL. So I think it's gonna take a little bit longer for people to admit that, but you might be onto something. Yeah, you're right about the McKinnon. And honestly, if McKinnon didn't have the hometown connection with Sidney Crosby, I don't know how much attention would have been paid paid to him until he was this good. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I that's when I started paying attention to him. And not not to go off on a tangent, but I've heard from multiple people on Twitter and po- hockey podcasts that Nathan McKinnon is like, we were talking about little brothers. He's like an annoying little brother to Sidney Crosby with all those commercials and the hometown stuff. Like <laughs> I've, and it's only speculation, but I guess Sidney Crosby like isn't the biggest Nathan McKinnon fan. <laughs> I would believe that. I mean, I read a story a couple years ago that was talking about, you know, McKinnon's connections with Crosby and I can see, it. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I am I don't think it's that black and white, you know, I, no, yeah. It's probably like just, he's trying to learn as much as he can from Crosby, and he's like, at some point, it's Crosby's like, shut the fuck up, man. Just learn yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Not here to teach everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, midway point, who uh, who's your cup final, and who do you have winning it? Oh, man. Cup final, I'm going to go. God, it's so hard not to put Washington in it. Uh, Washington, Colorado. Ooh, I think I like that. I think Ovi gets another cup, though. The top two Norris Trophy candidates, regardless of injury, in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I still love Kale McCarr. Don't think New Year knew me. I still <laughs> love Kale McCarr. Uh, Washington, Vegas, still sticking with Vegas. Okay, they're you know they're seven two and one over the last ten. They got themselves to the top of the division, and they're just gonna chill. I mean they. They've played 40. I think they've played the most games in the league, actually. Uh, so they only have 38 games to go. And they'll be even better in the playoffs. I said this at the beginning, and I started to back off of it, but I never officially declared it. So I'm I'm sticking with the take that they're just getting to the playoffs, and then we're going to see a gear that we haven't seen yet this season. I think they're so much better than only two points ahead of the rest of the division. I want to ask you a question about Mark Andre Fleury because seventeen and eight and three this year, playing well, two seven six nine one two save percentage, very much a key piece to the Vegas success. But he's thirty five years old. When does when does if he keeps playing well, does he retire or does or does he wait? To till he's like Luongo, where he's just kind of like not on a good team anymore, or not very like barely serviceable. Well, <clears throat> the funny thing is, is the longer he plays, the more likely he is to be on a team that's not good, because no team is going to be good with a forty-one-year-old Mark Andre Fleury. Um, Henrik Lundqvist is thirty-seven. I'd say Fleury has two years left, uh, and which is perfect because Vegas needs time to find a backup goalie. So I love Malcolm Subban, but I think he's hot garbage. I maybe it's, maybe it's Holby because those rumors are still going and Samson off has been playing pretty well. I don't think it's anytime soon. I think probably in a year or two Holby gets moved, but I'd say two more years of Marc-Andre Fleury and that last year being a, we still don't have a backup yet, so can you just stick around and be decent for 40 games? <laughs> and that's because and, – and I level with you on that. But I'm wondering – and it's all speculation, obviously. But I'm wondering if he's putting up, like, top five, top seven goalie numbers at age 38. I, I think if he gets – if they try to move him, then maybe he walks away. But his personality, I would, I would think like so. He would want to keep playing. Yeah, I mean, and I won't take. I I heard this somewhere else, so I won't take credit for it. But I haven't seen anyone smile as much as Mark Andre Fleury since he got to Vegas. Yeah, I mean he he seems legitimate. I know he. I 
feel like he still has a lot of love for Pittsburgh. Obviously, he won a cup. He won three cups there, but really only won the two or the one as the as the guy. But I don't see him wanting. I mean, you can see with goalies pretty early on as far as recovery and just speed in general when the fall off is coming. I think it's pretty. I mean, we're seeing it with with the Predators right now with Pecorino. Mm-hmm. So I think you you just hold on to him until he's not a top five, top seven goalie. And then when those numbers start to fall, but he's still in the top 12, top 15, you still have a good goalie and you're working on getting a younger, maybe less experienced, but higher upside goalie. Because if you think about like, even within their division, they're young, and I don't know all the names off the top of my head, but I know like Kemper and Ranta, fairly young. Uh, Markstrom, I want to say is fairly young, but they, Vancouver also has Thatcher Demko. Uh, Calgary's a shitstorming goal. Chicago doesn't have anyone. But the, I mean, the, there are young goalies in the league. We just don't hear about them because they're not the starters outside of like Carter Hart and Jordan Bennington. But I don't think Vegas will ever need a Jordan Bennington to win their cup. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm processing that. Uh, I'd have to get back to you on whether or not I agree with that. I mean, is Matt Murray Jordan Bennington? No. I just don't. I, I mean, that style of play. See, every every so often we get a Stanley Cup final like last year's. And I, I mean, honestly, the last one like it was probably 2011. Vancouver, Boston. So maybe it's just Boston. No, because the Chicago series was fun. But in the Stanley Cup Finals, sometimes you just get like an ugly, two pretty skilled teams, but they play fairly boring hockey, believe it or not. I think Jordan Bennington is perfect for that type of Stanley Cup. Yeah. But I don't sure. think in a in a Knights, Caps, Pens, Sharks, Pens, Preds. Kings and Blackhawks versus anyone, you don't really need that that lockdown or lockdown. Yeah, lockdown goalie yeah. like Jordan Bennington. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see what you mean. I don't. Uh, Jonathan Quick was pretty good, but yeah, I don't. I don't believe in St. Louis still. Yeah, in that regard, I would agree. I don't think. I don't think, especially with the way Vegas plays. You're right. I don't think they would need a Bennington type goalie to make it to the playoffs. I mean. Yeah, Corey Crawford was in the easy, easy. <laughs> let's not get let's not get crazy. I mean, no, but in in seriousness, if we're gonna take shots, Chris Osgood won like three cups, and he's the most overrated goaltender of all time. Absolutely, I don't know about Glad most overrated, but he's up there. I I was I wasn't trying to to get you going. I I firmly <laughs> believe that. Uh, I I, uh, I wouldn't doubt it. Let's uh let's get to one more thing before we wrap up this beautiful first episode of 2020, which is on a Saturday. That's why it's very uh, unorganized, like my <laughs> life. Uh, Jim Montgomery. We still don't know why he was fired, and I think people think his statement slash apology was reason enough, which I don't believe. Uh, yes, yes, it came out yesterday, right? Yep. Yeah. So in, in the last couple of days, a statement from Jim Montgomery came out, which basically just says, I'm an alcoholic. I let down the team, my family, my friends, and I'm seeking help and I'm taking another step, which good for him for taking those steps. I don't really relate to the good for him for being able to talk about it. I'm assuming that this was has something to do with maybe all the details of why he got fired, not coming out. So I was like, Hey, if you say this, we won't tell them every single detail, of the reason you got fired, because anytime anyone's ever said, yeah, it was because of the alcohol, something terrible probably happened. Yeah. I got to imagine he made some terrible decision because in a statement, he says, you know, he let the team and the players down. But more importantly, I let my wife and my family down. So, yeah, 
I was thinking adultery indiscretion type thing. Yeah, as soon as I read that maybe part. like and and in order to get fired, it could have been within staff on the Dallas Stars or in the Dallas Stars program. It's the only thing which I could think made me think: Can you fire someone for that? Right, that's what I'm saying. Unless it happens to somebody in your organization, like if he's messing around with you know somebody that's in the Dallas executive something or staff or something like that and it comes to light so i just don't think like showing up to practice drunk or maybe not even drunk but having had some alcohol that morning is enough to get you fired like normally teams will help people get help right you know like they'll send them to rehab or they'll they'll find a way to help them while keeping them on the staff like giving them a chance to return he doesn't even get that, which is which is why I'm so certain that the alcohol led him to do something terrible. Yes, I'm glad he's getting help, and I am on the side of that is a disease. But, I mean, if you think he was fired for being an alcoholic, you're an idiot. You, are just, you, you just want to be mad at the Dallas Stars. Yeah, the vagueness of a statement is there's got to be more to it, but... I do think that he wants to coach again, and that's the only reason that he put out this statement because he didn't have to. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the Dallas Stars did a very good job of being vague and saying, we're not going to talk about this. And he could have just disappeared into the the wind if he never wanted to coach again, if he wanted to retire. But I think because – and maybe it's maybe his statement is not sincere. I don't know. I don't know if he gave a verbal statement. I didn't, I didn't see it. But it, I'm on the side of it's it's tough to admit to one person that you have a problem and you want to fix it. So admitting it to the public is even tougher. I think unless it, you're using it as an angle to work again in that part. And then on that side, it's a little weird to me, but yeah, I think it's, I think it might be a little different for, I mean, I wouldn't really call him a celebrity but someone in the public eye he can admit to who when he admits to whoever he's admitting to that he has a problem mm-hmm. that's really the only thing that he's probably overly anxious about because as soon as one person who knows what who he what he looks like sees him walking in or out of a treatment center it's getting out like there's no question about it and you i think that's something you just know as a coach, player, media member, anything. So this was probably more of a, hey, you're going to see me coming out of rehab, going in and out of rehab, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's that. This is why. And I, like I said, like you said, I don't know if it's sincere. Uh, I don't know really anything about. I've only heard Jim Montgomery talk post game. That's a good and, point too. It could be a preemptive, like, "Hey, yeah, just if you see me out, this is what's going on." And if he didn't give a verbal, maybe it's maybe it's. I say it's tough to do to admit, but you're right. There's a lot of variables where he could have just simply wrote it, written it down, gave it to somebody to release to the public, and then it's really not hard for him at all because he just writes it down and he's like, "Yep, yeah, when this gets released, it gets released, whatever." Yeah, I mean, a verbal statement, he'd probably be slurring his words anyway. So. <laughs> I mean, here we are. Yeah, I want I want Jim Montgomery to be okay. Um, Alcoholism has a pretty takes pretty hefty toll on your mental health as well. And Jim Montgomery doesn't deserve anything bad to happen to him, mostly because we don't know what bad thing he did. But it could be a much smaller issue because of the alcohol than we're making it out to be. But just doesn't look great. Yeah. But the stars do since he's been gone, for what it's worth. Yeah, since their terrible start to the season. They've... Terrible. Maybe that maybe they're following in the blues footsteps. It just was quicker. Yeah, may- <laughs> Oh man. Maybe maybe he was giving them the bottle. And Oof. I mean Zach, the guy's an alcoholic. Come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't share. He doesn't share. Uh, did we miss anything? No, I don't think we missed anything. Uh, do you want to be the first hockey podcast to declare that the Patriots dynasty is over? Oh, yeah. As of 
as of seven o'clock tonight. Yeah, it is. They're are they playing the Titans? They're playing the Titans. Playing the Titans. Your your boys. Yep. Um, nobody really here in Western Tennessee gives a shit about the Titans, but I can tell you we give less shits about the Patriots. So, what is football fandom like in Memphis? It's all Dallas, dude. It's disgusting. It's like six hours away. I mean, I don't, I don't love Dallas, but I like them a lot more than Philly. So I guess I could deal with that. But uh, yeah, real quick, I mean, I've got the Bills beating Houston. Tennessee beating the Patriots, Seahawks beating the Eagles. And I really don't care about the other game because the New Orleans Saints are probably gonna win by fifty. I'm three for I'm three for three on the first three with you, but I'm I'm Vikings on the Vikings Saints game. Listen, I'd love to see that because I, I I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Drew Brees and this revenge tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just like to shut everyone up who talks about Kirk Cousins in primetime. Because maybe he does have a primetime oh. problem, but it'd still be funny if everyone shut up about it. Doesn't he have kids? He can't have too much of a primetime problem. Ayo. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's about as much football talk. Unless the Ravens win the Super Bowl, that's probably as much football talk as you'll get get from us. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll preview the Super Bowl when we get there. But that, yeah, you're right. That's- yeah, when we when we get there, and then we'll talk about what NHL Stanley Cup winning teams could have also won a Super Bowl. All the ridiculous things. Yeah. Uh, I guess that answers what we're watching this weekend. Other than you, who have something important to do in a little while, you're going to a basketball game. Yeah, non-conference Memphis, Georgia. Who I think they both had top five recruiting classes. So um, I just wanted a chance to see that. I actually, I was telling you beforehand, I bought the ticket yesterday, and then didn't realize what time the game was. And then they they sent the tickets <laughs> to me this morning, and I was like, shit, I got to record a podcast. But uh, did you send that as Central Standard Time or Mountain Time? Central standard. Central? I thought I thought I read an M. I don't but... know, but I'm also watching the uh, tomorrow. We got I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow Blackhawks Red Wings. I'll be sending some tweets. Yeah, okay. That'll be maybe not actually with how we're playing, but that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to reminisce about times that were. <laughs> All right, we are gonna get back on our schedule, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for sticking with us through the new year uh we had a great time i hope everyone had a a great christmas and a happy new year and i hope your resolutions last longer than mine did um i mean mine lasted like six hours i was gonna stop crying in 2020 but you know uh i don't know we should have done resolutions damn it yeah we should have cut we'll 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 do it another time there's always next new year's let's hope (laughs) Uh, But thank you guys for sticking with us and keeping with this podcast. We have interviews lined up. We have a really exciting year for Puff Puck Pass uh, and hopefully taking it to the next level, as well as some impending sponsors, which we can't wait to to tell you guys all about. So for Maria, who had a, well, I mean, she, she didn't do anything for the holiday break. We asked her to do two things. She did nothing. Worthless. I'm just kidding. Jesus, Jesus. Uh, for Maria, for at Belly of Sack Mac, I'm at Belly of KJ, and this was at Puck Puck Pass Pod on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you next week. Support your local Anheuser Busch. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at Belly Up Zach Mac, and at Puck Puck Pass Pod. Yeah.